Pastor Richard B. Haynes, the First Lady Beverly B. Haynes, he's a Benjamin, she's a Billups, <laughs> but the B's follow the first name. To my introducer, who found a way to overdo it anyway, <laughs> and the Reverend Jason Haynes, we go back a mighty long way. And uh, my girlfriend reminded me again <laughs> that uh, uh, we kept getting older, but we just keep getting a few more birthdays. But the Lord has blessed, and we are delighted, indeed excited to be in the sanctuary here at Salem once again for this pastor and his beloved family pastoral appreciation. I have been enriched by just being in the sanctuary. Uh, since you got so many drive-bys and so many in the car, just good to see some folks sometimes. And <laughs> And this is one of these occasions. Won't detain you too long, but long enough. There is a reference of scripture, two references of scripture, really, that um, we're desirous of directing our attention to. One is from Proverbs, the other is from Matthew. From Proverbs chapter 27, verses 6 and 17, from the uh, New King James Version, and similarly, from Matthew chapter 26, verses 48 through 50. From the writing of Proverbs 27, 6 and 17, we find if you found it and would be desirous of reading it, uh, you, but then with all of this technology in church, sometimes they put it in front of you anyway. Let me just read for you. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Then from Matthew chapter 26 verses 48 through 50 we find now his betrayer had given them a sign saying whomever I kiss he is the one sees him immediately he went up to Jesus and said greetings rabbi and kissed him but Jesus said to him, friend, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. It is with those two references of scripture that we deem to be most appropriate for this pastor's appreciation for this needful occasion and we want to address these references of scripture under the subject ministering to those who minister to others 
ministering to those who minister to others. The church was conceived in the heart of God and the church is the third of the three universal institutions that God established to benefit humankind here on earth. The first was the family, the second was government, and the third was the church. The church is accepted as a place that has been consecrated and dedicated to carry out a divine mission in a heavenly way in earthly places. In addition to being a place, the church is also a saved people who have been commissioned to represent the Lord Jesus Christ for the divine cause of salvation, especially since Jesus' primary mission continues to focus on saving us and humanity from uh, our sins. To address the need for purpose for this occasion today, we want us to be mindful that Richard Benjamin Haynes is an outstanding pastor. He is one of the few persons who functions as a pastor, who treats a congregation as the congregation's pastor. And that's almost an exception in the times in which we live. Therefore, to address this need for purpose for this occasion today, we've come to make known to us that not only does Richard Haynes preach, but he's a pastor, he's a teacher, he's a church leader, and he does it to satisfy the God who called him and the church who are honored to address him as pastor. When cars are not maintained, they break down. When homes are not maintained, somebody tries to break in. When jails are not maintained, somebody tries to break out. When marriages are not maintained, they break up. When friendships are not maintained, they break apart. When the provider of ministry is not maintained, then effective ministry will have a breaking point and members of the church will also often break away. But maintenance is not always cheap and painless, but it is absolutely necessary. So whether your maintenance is major or minor, it is important to show up for your schedule of emergency appointments to get your ministry and your life maintained. The Lord has some ministry maintenance service centers throughout this community known as the church. And we find that here at Salem, we find that this is a designated service center. 
So in addition to showing up for worship, in addition to showing up for church, every now and then you need to show up to just check out what's going on in your maintenance program to do what is needful and urgently necessary for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. An important part of our maintenance plan is the need for nurturing. As food is essential for nourishing the body to give it strength and stamina, to do the needs that need to be done for our Lord and for the community, the word of God is just as essential for nurturing our minds and our hearts and then to put into proper action and use the salvation of our souls so that where he lives, then we can live there with him. In too many churches, there are too many members who are admittedly malnourished and so the church needs to review its menu of Christian education, revisit what the church members are being fed, and then the church must not feed to feel, the church must feed to nourish and to nurture each member and each leader of uh, the church. It is worthwhile to remember that Adam ate of the forbidden tree, but he was not nourished. Davi sumptuously ate every day, but he was not nourished. The rich farmer did eat, drink, and he was merry, but he was not nourished. It was because of what they chose to consume at the neglect of nurture that they suffered some costly consequences. Since nurture means to nourish, to teach, to train, to instruct, then a great time to remember in the church is that wherever nurture is absent, discipline is absent, where discipline is absent, respect is absent. Where respect is absent, obedience is absent. Where obedience is absent, good behavior is absent. Where good behavior is absent, disobedience, rebellion, and trouble are present. And wherever they are present, excuse me, Pastor, you got a mess on your hand. <laughs> but that's not here at Salem. In times like these, ministering to those who minister to others is of utmost importance. And due to the urgency of the need, the pastor, the preacher, the church leaders need to start doing what they can, as often as they can, as consistently as they can, so that you won't be intentionally striving to pass by on the other side of uh, the Jericho Road in order to ignore and neglect doing what God has called and commissioned the church to be and to do. The servant of the church who wants to help others must engage in a diligent search because 
It's needful to be aware that one's own feelings need to be checked up on every now and then also. Therefore, the pastor, the teacher, the church leader must not only oversee the needs of others, but confront their own needs from time to time as well. And so in order to be a helper, you need to be in a position to help. A word of caution is in order at this time. Since learning is a primary aspect of caring, the one who is listening must be able to understand the language of the person who is speaking. For language is not only used to express thoughts and feelings, language is also used at times to conceal thoughts and feelings. Sometimes folk tell you just what they think you want to hear rather than what you need to know at that time. Therefore, the listener must not only hear what is said to them, they must also be able to understand the language of the one who's speaking. In other words, the listener must be able to distinguish between the language that is used to reveal feelings and the language that is used to conceal feelings. For that to happen, come what may, put wisdom into action. The Bible tells us of a man by the name of Solomon. Solomon was the son of David and Bathsheba. And he was the third king of Israel. Solomon was the author of three books of the Bible, namely Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of uh, Solomon. John Phillips, in his writing, Exploring the Scripture, has suggested the possibility of the books being written at different ages in Solomon's life. The Song of Solomon suggested was written when he was young and in love. Proverbs was written when he was middle-aged and when he was at his intellectual height in life. And then Ecclesiastes was written at a time when he was in his old age and when he was disappointed and disillusioned with the carnality of uh, his life. It is most appropriate that Psalm and Proverbs are neighbors in the Bible and their proximity close to one another complement each other as well. Therefore, Psalm focuses on a person's doctrinal life while emphasis is put on prayer and praise. On the other hand, Proverbs focuses on, on a person's practical life with emphasis on a person's behavior, conduct, choices, decisions, and relationships of life. A proverb is a wise saying that is short in terms of length but long in terms of essential information, wise consultation, and practical application. 
proverb is a brief statement about conduct, about character, about personal ethics, about moral behavior, about social decisions that sometimes intended to help some people but cause others to stumble and fall uh, by the wayside. As Solomon featured Proverbs in his sayings, Jesus featured parables in his teachings and his preaching. A major thing about Proverbs and parables, the thing they have in common with one another, can be found in the fact that they are a mixture of comparisons and of uh, contrast. We find they show how things are alike and they show how things are different. They put before us a road that is to be traveled and some roads that are to be avoided. Now, no matter what road you choose to travel, while you are here on the earth, make sure it corresponds with the road that will lead you all the way from earth to glory, all the way from uh, earth to heaven. In Proverbs 27, 6 and 17, the spotlight is put on the urgent need and the great importance of uh, a friend. The person who has a friend who is real in the life one lives is the best gift that a person or an individual can have. This is because friendship is not a method of using other people but the way of appreciating them and investing in them. If you have a friend, cherish the friendship. Guard the friendship at all costs. And nurture the friendship no matter how long it takes, no matter what it takes. In verse 6, we are told that faithful are the wounds of a friend. A friend hurts only that he may help. It is never the intention of a friend to cause harm or to harm anyone, but to remove the barriers that block and prevent the person from being the best friend that that person can ever be. Therefore, wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. The kisses of an enemy or deceitful. A friend who is your best friend always has your best interest at heart and have your best present and future in mind and will always deal with unpleasant things in a most pleasant kind of way. A friend's advice must not matter how painful it is. It is much better to be in pain than to be kissed by an enemy. That's because a true friend will tell you the truth. And our theme scripture for today 
end, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. The verse wants us to know that a meeting of the mind can help people see their ideas with clarity and refine them as they shape the mindset and the thoughts of one who struggles along uh, the way. This requires discussions that permit a person to not be soft at times, not be weak at times, but people need to focus on ideas without involving their egos in the, the discussion. And people need to know that they are trying to do their best to help you reach your best in thought, in thinking, and in life. When this takes place, then two friends who bring their ideas together can help each other become better people and more sharper people. Find that the scripture would be fulfilled that says as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Therefore, anyone who has been sharpened by a friend has an additional incentive to just keep on uh, living. Another commendable way to sharpen another is to become a mentor for the master. A mentor is a person who imparts valuable wisdom to someone at a needful time in the person's life. When mentoring is effective, it becomes a reciprocal. That's because the one who is helped oftentimes becomes a, a helper. And the one who is mentored often becomes a, a mentor. Uh, the Bible is filled with some inspiring examples of some outstanding mentoring taking place. Jethro, the priest of Midian, the father-in-law of Moses, was a mentor for him. We find that Moses mentored Joshua and prepared him to assume the leadership of Israel. We find that Moses then mentored uh, Joshua, and then Joshua then in turn uh, did some mentoring uh, himself. And then Eli, the priest of Shiloh, uh, mentored Samuel, and Samuel mentored David, and Naomi mentored Ruth, and we find that Mordecai mentored Esther, and Rahab mentored, and excuse me, Barnabas mentored uh, Saul of Tarsus and converted Paul and then worked with Titus and with Timothy. And then Jesus mentored 12 disciples. Followers of him became disciples of him, even the apostles of him. Therefore, friendship is a proven way to sharpen another. And mentoring provides another, an option also to provide a sharpening tool and skill for another. Again, there is a saying in Proverbs, 
27.6, faithfulness are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. These costly results are shown in Matthew 26, 48 through 50. Even though Judas kissed Jesus as he betrayed him, Jesus still addressed Judas by saying, Friend, why have you come? While Jesus was in his place of prayer, in the garden of uh, Gethsemane. The night came suddenly bright by torch lights being carried by soldiers with Judas leading them along the way to Jesus. Prior to arriving at the garden, Judas made some arrangements with the chief priests to be paid 30 pieces of silver for betraying Jesus. 30 pieces of silver was the amount that was the accepted compensation for accidentally killing a slave. In the meeting with the chief priest, Judas made it known that the one I kiss is the one you need to arrest. And when Judas got to where Jesus was, he said, Master, and he kissed him. And on the other hand, Jesus greeted Judas by addressing him as a friend. Yet Jesus was betrayed by a friend that he had chosen to make one of his own disciples. Jesus was betrayed by a friend. Jesus was betrayed by one he had walked with and talked with and prayed with and served with and even had uh, worshipped with. Judas sold the Son of God for 30 pieces of silver. Judas sold the Savior of the world, the Redeemer of sin for 30 pieces of silver. Find that Judas sold the friend of sinners, the healer of the sick, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, the one who is bred in a barren land, water in dry place, the one who is a heart fixer and a mind regulator. Judas did that for 30 pieces of uh, silver. After betraying Jesus and after realizing that he had made uh, an embarrassing mistake because Jesus was going to be crucified on an old rugged cross. Judas then became a victim of remorse. He suffered a deep case of despair. He wanted to change his mind, take the money back, but it was too late. Judas did, however, some commendable things after his betrayal of Jesus in Matthew 27. In verse 3 of Matthew 27, he repented for his action. He took the 30 piece of silver back to the priests, but they wouldn't take them. In verse 4, he said, I have sinned. I have betrayed innocent blood. They said to him, 
That is your doing. That is your problem to solve. And then in verse 5, he threw the money to the floor of the temple and went out and he hanged himself. In verse 3 again, it was good that Judas repented, but he went to the wrong ones twice to repent. He went to the ones who had taken advantage of him when he thought he was taking advantage of them. He went to the wrong ones to seek forgiveness for his sins. He tried to give the money back, but they wouldn't take it back. Judas hanged himself. And it was not necessary if he had just gone to Jesus in the first place. I firmly believe that if Judas had gone to Jesus to repent and to seek forgiveness, Jesus is first saying from the cross would not have been father forgive them but he'd have been saying father forgive him for he knows not what uh, does and since jesus used his first saying from the cross to forgive his crucifiers certainly he would have forgiven one who had walked by his side engaged in ministry with him served as one of his beloved uh, disciples. Since Jesus used the second saying from the cross to respond to a criminal who was being crucified on his right side who said, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. Jesus said to him, today you shall be with me in paradise. Then surely Jesus would have been just as loving, just as compassionate, just as caring, just as forgiving for Judas as he had been for the one who sold him out for crucifixion and the one who betrayed Jesus. And it's a pity, a great pity that Judas made the decision to also hang himself. It's a shame that Judas made his confession to his fellow conspirators. You don't go to Rome and ask folk to help you get right. It don't nothing that right. That's why they are into Rome. His past may have been changed. Certainly, his past would have been different. Instead of going to Jesus, he went out and hanged himself. Judas committed suicide rather than call on Jesus. Committed suicide rather than depend on Jesus. Committed suicide rather than pray to Jesus. Committed suicide rather than turn to Jesus for help to sharpen him in his life. These are five. 
and they are used to shop. Whether on one end or on the other end, again, used to sharpen. Whether it's that kind of sharpening Big folk need to be shopping. I'm shopping. What would an axe be? If it didn't have a head. Even in that capacity, when folk used to show enough cut wood, not for the fireplace, but for the stove, you really needed a sharp axe. I mean, a real sharp axe. It is with these matters in mind that we want you to know that as iron sharpens iron. Somebody on the premise today on that had this difficulty because we've been saying God has been good to me. Not just good, he's been great. He's just been outstanding. And then when God has been good and great and outstanding to you, then one of the things you need to do is just exercise your faith and then just walk with the Lord. Exercise your faith and walk with the Lord. When those kinds of matters sure enough happen, then the worship will become an outlet for your pressure. And fellowship will become an outlet for your pressure. And being sharpened by a friend will be an outlet for your pressure. When I'm under pressure and need to be sharpened by a friend, I put it all in his hands. My despair in God's hands become hope. My remorse in God's hand becomes help. My doubt in God's hand becomes faith. My worry in God's hand becomes trust. My rejection in God's hand becomes becomes joy. My heart, when it is heavy, has its load lightened. 
because God is a way maker, a door opener. You find that when my guilt is in God's hand, it becomes forgiveness. When my hands become sore, it, that's because spikes have been driven there because salvation saved my soul. Therefore, on this pastoral appreciation for the Reverend Dr. Richard Benjamin Haynes, I close simply by saying to you, in the words of L.E. Campbell, preachers and teachers would make their appeal, fighting as soldiers on great battlefield. When to their pleading my poor heart did yield, all I can say there is something within. I met God one morning, my soul feeling bad, hot, heavy, late, and I had a bowed down head, but he lifted my burdens and made me so glad. All I know is there is something within, something within that holds the reins, something within that banishes pain, something within I cannot explain. All I know is there is something within there is no need to be mad no need to be sad all you have to do is just put it in his hand and when you put it in his hands he'll give you this in return That's not enough. He knows how to do it again. You may come to church with your head bowed down, but tears stained now. Don't not lead that way. God gives you an option. God keep you. Thank you so much. Okay. Jesus declared in John 10, that I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Then Jesus went on to say, there's no greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for a friend. That Jesus is not only our shepherd Jesus is not only our savior but thanks be to God that Jesus is also our friend 
And I declare on today that he is a friend that will stick closer than any brother. Uh, Walter Hawkins said, because he's just that kind of friend. That if you ever needed a friend to stick closer than any brother, that he's just that kind of friend. This is your invitation. We thank God for a pastor who is a friend, but more than that, we thank God for our Savior who is also our friend. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you confess with your mouth that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. But thank God you're not only saved, you become his friend. Because he's just that kind of friend. So that wherever you may be, whether you are under the sound of my voice in the sanctuary, if you are riding in your car, if you're in your kitchen, he'll be your friend today. That he will walk closer than any brother. Because he's that kind of friend. Lord, let us pray. Lord, we thank you. That not only you have come down through 40 and two generations. That you walked the Galilean and Judean hillsides in perfected harmony with God's law. But Lord, that when you chose these 12 men, you chose them as your friend. But that not only did you choose them, that when one of them betrayed you and they hung you on the cross, you died for your friends. And you died that Friday night and laid in Joseph's borrowed tomb for your friends, but Thanks be unto God that you didn't stay in the grave, that early Sunday morning you rose from the grave for your friends. And that, Lord, the story doesn't end there because the Bible declared that when you went back to glory, you sat down at the right hand of the Father and whispers in your, his ear every day for your friends. But I'm so glad even that's not the end of the story because one day the Bible declares that a trumpet will sound and the dead in him will get up and you'll descend for your friends. And you'll receive us unto yourself that where you are, we also will be. And eternally, you are savior, you are brother, but you're also our friend. It is in the mighty and master's name of Jesus that we pray for the soul who needs a friend that will stick closer than a brother. We pray for the soul who needs a friend that when you get lonely, he'll never leave you nor will he forsake you. We need a savior who will deliver us from the bowels of hell and from this shameful life to live with him forever. It is that friend's name we pray in Jesus. We pray and ask every single blessing 
thank God and amen we're so grateful that you are our friend amen and amen and amen we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrow share oh gee jesus knows our every week every weakness take it to the lord tributes by Brother Tykel Graham and Sister Jasmine Alfred. Amen. with this plaque and a read. You lead our congregation by opening God's word and then you live your life reflecting after all we've heard. You care for others deeply and lift them up in prayer. And when we face misfortune, you know, we know that you'll be there. We really love you, Pastor, for everything you do. And we thank God for giving us a pastor just like you. And real quick, while I'm up here, I would be remiss without saying this. Growing up, He's always been the man that I've wanted to be. He, everything he does is just through God and is perfect. And I've always wanted to be just like him, but I've never got the chance to because no one can be like him. Because I realized he has a different type of, how do I say this? He has a different type of carrying under, through him and with him through God. And it would be, so different, me being him rather than him being himself. And I just want to say that in front of all y'all. And one more thing. Growing up, there's always been this little debate on who was dressed better. I just want to say, I think it was me. But, but I'm not going to take none from him. He's still a good brother in the suit. And I just want to say that in front of all y'all. Thank you. everybody. It is good to be here today. Um, I just want to say thank you. I, 33 years. 
I have been here since I was about three. <laughs> Started out in the nursery, went to kids zone, then went to teen church, and now I'm back in the main sanctuary. So it's just bittersweet. You guys have just shown us time and time again how God has truly called you guys to do this work. And I appreciate the environment of a true church family that moves in love, that moves in kindness, and builds a community of respect and people that you can depend on. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for everything that you have done. And to many, many more generations that you guys will see go through this church. Amen. Thank you. Just one verse with me, y'all. Just kind of we just Lord. I want to live for thee. Oh yeah. day. And uh, oh, yellow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. I spirit be in me. Yeah. Be my strength in my weakness. Be my strength. Oh, my Yeah. 
might come, yes, to speak thy praise. Just bless his holy name. Give him praise in this house. I am just so grateful today for another opportunity to just stand and say thank you so much. Thank you to Salem for 33 years of love and kindness. People don't have to be nice. And I, I just want to thank all of you. Most of you have not been here for 33 years, but somehow you've been a part of loving me for all of these years. And I just want to thank all of you for just how you've shown Bev and I and my family the love that you've shown us. Salem. Thank you so much. As a church family, we are not together in here, but I feel your love wherever you are. I want to thank you for not for just loving me and loving us, not just at anniversary time. You love us all the time, and we thank you. Thank you, Sister Sadie and your group. <laughs> unfailing, unfailing for always being in place. To thank Salem for yesterday, even out in the rain, <laughs> at a drive-through celebration, and I, I, I said myself, I, I don't know where we're going. <laughs> and for people to come out in the rain and just show that love, and then to those who were not able to make it out, please don't feel bad. It was tough out there yesterday, and I know you love me anyway. So I do thank you. I just want to thank you all for just loving us like, like you do. Uh, to our soloists, and I'm, I'm trying to pull your name up. I'm 70 years old, <laughs> and I'm trying. Sharon Jackson. She's a part of us. We just, we, just take, we just take you. You're one of us. If you're taking your time out to come and bless us today, you just don't know. You just don't know what that means. Thank you so much. Reverend Bush, thank you for the surprise. Just thank you. Thank you so much for the surprise to my pastor, Pastor Winfred Martin Hope, and Sister Betty Hope. I am. Uh, you, you're talking about a mentor. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm where I am today because I had a mentor. I had iron sharpens iron. If anybody wants to know why it is that I take an interest in younger preachers and take an interest in trying to help develop as, as best as I can, trying to help develop others, it's because of that man right there. He, he, he did everything, and he is right. 
iron sharpens iron. Uh, he, he didn't pull punches with me. He was very honest. Now, Reverend Hope can tell you the truth, and uh, he can sharpen you and laugh at you at the same time. Uh, he had ways. If I my sermon wasn't right, uh, he never let me, never let it get by. He'd tell me that that wasn't right. Matter of fact, he'd get it straightened out before I get to the pulpit with it. He told me, I remember my first sermon. I, I was closing my first sermon. He said, why are you closing your sermon asking questions? You need to be answering questions. <laughs> never, never pulling punches, just straight down the line. And I, I learned so much from just watching you, just watching. Even when you wasn't talking, I was watching. And I, I just thank God. I, I made up my mind that I was never going to be stressed out as a pastor because I watched you. You never, never saw him stress. Love what he did. Love the people that he did it for. And was never, never, I just thank God for that. And I, I thank you for how you taught me. Never take myself too seriously. Just do what God has called me to do. And I thank you, Sister Betty. Thank you so much. Greatest advice you ever gave Beverly was be yourself. And Lord knows she did that. <laughs> and she's still doing it to this day. <laughs> and we bless God for that. I, I, just, I, I do thank God for all of these years. Bev, thank you so much. For just standing by my side. I'm going to keep my promise and let you stay right where you are. I ain't even going to ask you to say nothing. I know you don't believe it. I'm going to let you stay right where you are. I'm just so happy you're in here today. And I just bless God for you. Thank you for your love for all of these years. And uh, the rest of y'all, the rest of y'all, y'all love me. Y'all love me. I ain't no doubt in my mind that y'all love me, but she lives with me. <laughs> And she knows everything about me. And she still loves me. <laughs> and I thank God I am so grateful for the day that you tried to ignore me out there on the yard of Ebenezer Church. She tried to ignore me. Acted like I wasn't even there. Came by and spoke to the pastor. And I'm standing there. She didn't say a word to me. We don't, we don't get in that that day. But <laughs> amen. But I won. <laughs> Amen, amen to my children. Thank you so much, Sheena, Jason, and Quintricia. Thank y'all so much for just loving on us. And amen, amen. Anita, bless your heart. Yeah, God, God has just blessed us. He's blessed us with children with big hearts. And they love us. They genuinely love us. They don't just love us. On, so they check on us. They check on us all week long. Now, Mark belongs to Curtis, but we hijacked him. <laughs> and, uh, I, me and Curtis have to share Mark. But I just thank God he has surrounded us with young people. <laughs> well, not so young anymore. <laughs> but who care for us. And I want y'all to know, I want you to know, Sheena, Jason, Anita, Mark, thank you so much 
for all that you do, even when we don't know you're doing it. Just thank you so much. Mark came by the house one day, and I was trying to do something. I can't, I don't remember what it was I was trying to do. It was something that involved technology. <laughs> he laughed at me. But then he went to the store and bought something. I still don't know what it was. He bought it, brought it back to me, and told me, this is how you do this. And he handed it to me, and I still got it there waiting on you to come back and show me how to use it. Amen. We just thank God. Thank, thank God. Thank God so much for, for all of you. To those of you who are working with us, to this team of people who show up here every Sunday morning, Reverend Bush and musicians and Sister Bush, who show up here every Sunday morning just to make sure, Reverend Washington, just to make sure that we continue to do this and continue to stay connected as a church to all of you. We thank you to all of you upstairs. Thank you so much for all you do all the time just to keep everybody connected to my brother Curtis. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Amen. Everybody ain't got a brother like that. Amen. We were traveling the other day. We went to see one of our nieces and we, were, we stopped at this place, <laughs> and uh, I was pumping gas. He went inside, and while I was pumping gas, and he, he went on inside, and so when he came out, I was on my way inside. And, uh, you know, people sometimes, you know, now we, know, we can tell each other apart, <laughs> but some folk can't tell us apart. And so when I walked in, first thing she said was, did you leave something? <laughs> I said, no, I didn't. I, I, I just come in. Then she looked at me and she said, well, are y'all twins? <laughs> Bless God. Bless God. She, she was just looking at our spirits. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. May, may God bless you. May God keep you. This has just been a wonderful 33 years. I, uh, I uh, used to sing it. I still sing it. I still love it. Somebody wrote a song to say, I don't feel no ways tied. Come too far from where I started from. <laughs> it's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song. But uh, the older I get, <laughs> I'm realizing that uh, it ain't necessarily true. You get tired. Get tired. I ain't going to quit. I can, I can guarantee you that. <laughs> I'll never quit. But in this life, you get weary. Going on and on it. Sometimes you get tired. I'm committed. Never quit. But I realize that I'm at that point in life. I'm at a point in life where uh, I do get tired along the way. But I want to thank you all, my deacons, everybody. I want to thank you for just holding up my arms. This church has done a job there. You, you, you hold my arms. I'm surrounded by people who are willing, preachers, deacons, who are willing to just hold up my arms. and. Believe I can run on a little further, uh, just because and how 
of how you have loved on me and how you support. God bless you. God keep you to all of you who are at home. Thank you so much. Couldn't hug you if you were here, but even if I, even if I couldn't, just take this. <laughs> take this. I, I just know I, I love you. God bless you. God keep you is our prayer. I, I, I've been looking all morning for my grand boys, and I don't know where they are, but wherever y'all are, just in case, just, just in case y'all listening, <laughs> y'all fellas know I love you. Just know that I love you. God bless you. God keep you is our prayer. Is there anything else, Miss Sadie? Just two quick announcements. Um, April 16th, we'll begin our healthy eating and healthy cooking class with the Gwinnett Health Department. Uh, this is um, an eight-week virtual class each Friday from 11 to 12, 11 a.m. to 12 noon. Please sign up uh, by calling the church office for fun prizes. Um, we also have been selected by the health department as a mobile COVID vaccination site. Our first day for vaccinations will be April 23rd. Please call the church office to schedule an appointment. And then we also want to just acknowledge all those in our congregation and not only in our congregation, but friends of the church who are dealing with bereavement and sickness. And so we just want to lift that up. God be with you. If you will rest on your feet. forevermore and the church of God said
Lilburn, Georgia, 30048, or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.